You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode number 11. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, this is Jen. Thanks so much for tuning in once more to the Her Money Matters podcast. And if this is your first time tuning in, thank you for tuning in. I know you have a busy schedule and it means the world to me that you are tuning in and listening to the interviews that I have and all the content that I have uh, ready for you. Today, I have a very special guest and I want to welcome Maggie Patterson to the Her Money Matters podcast. Thanks so much for being here. I'm thrilled to be here, Jen. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, no problem. I'm excited to have you here. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Maggie. Maggie's a copywriter and a communication strategist. She works hands-on with entrepreneurs to help them market their businesses using content and communication strategies along with copy that converts to meet, to meet business goals. And she's got 15 years of hands-on experience where she has worked with companies of all sizes from big brands to solopreneurs. She's also a host of a podcast that's called the Marketing Moxie Podcast. And I have listened to it. It's, 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 it's really fun to listen to. And her work has been published on leading websites, including entrepreneur.com, the Huffington Post, virgin.com, LKR social media, duct tank marketing, content marketing institute, Yahoo small business, and more. Wow, that's a lot of accomplishment right there, Maggie. That is amazing. So um, let me know, give me a little more about you, Maggie, now that we know about you as a professional woman. So tell me about you, the wife, the mom, because I understand you're a mother of 11-year-olds. So tell me about that side of Maggie. Yeah, so I'm the mom of Drew, who's 11-year-old, just freshly minted 11-year-old. And, you know, he's a pretty typical typical 11-year-old boy. And I'm married to my husband, Scott. We've married, um, I keep forgetting how many years, but 14 years. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So we've been, we've been married for a while now. I think I'm going to keep him. And you know, we just live in a, we literally live in a small town in rural Ontario, Canada. And, nice. you know, we have a very simple, happy good life. I can't complain. <laughs> love it. Love but, it. But, you know, we do suffer like most families from a little bit of a uh, scheduling excitement because, you know, I, I run, run my own business and then mm-hmm. my husband works shift work and then he's the volunteer fire chief and our oh, son wow. has activities. And, you know, like most families, we're we're busy, but in the most delightful way that I don't like to complain about. That uh, Yep. I, I hear you. I hear you. That's, that's how it is. But I, And I feel like if you're not busy, it can be. I mean, it the busyness brings all sorts of excitement and stress all at this at the same time. But if you don't have that, I think life would be boring. Yeah, and we're not. I mean, we're not those people who have their kids in activities every single day of the week. Like he does a few things, and we try to keep a really good balance for everyone. Um, we we have discovered all three of us really, really, really need our downtime. I hear you. No, I, I believe that's important. I know with our kids, we try to make sure that they're not so overly involved with kids' activities because it's. It's, it can be a little overwhelming for them and, of course, for us. So, Totally. Awesome. So are you ready to dive into the main questions? Yeah, let's do it. Wonderful, wonderful. So tell me, Maggie, how did you grow up around money? 
I, you know, it took me a long time to kind of unravel my money story. I mean, my parents were very, you know, very average middle class, but we lived in a neighborhood that was definitely like a very high end affluent neighborhood. So I always joke with my sister that we were the quote poor kids in a really rich neighborhood. And we went to, you know, a very top academic high school and, you know, politicians, kids, kids coming to school in BMWs. Okay. And when I tell people this stuff, they're always like, that doesn't happen. I'm like, yeah, no, it was like the movies. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, a lot of that really shaped kind of my perspective on money. Like I always felt like we didn't have enough when we very much, very much did. And it took me a long time to kind of wake up to like, oh, that's not how people really, really live. Um, but at the same time, I think it was good training for me to understand that money is not all about happiness. And that right. if you work hard, money will come and you can be very comfortable, even if you don't have a really fancy car. Right. And so in growing up in, um, in that neighborhood with your parents, what kind of money conversations or if any, did you have? Well, you know, until I was in about, I think of a grade, eighth grade, my mother didn't work. So we had, we're okay. a one income family. So, I mean, I, I definitely grew up knowing that money was tight, mm-hmm. that, you know, we didn't, it wasn't, you know, my parents weren't really spendy. Um, but my mother is an amazing, like literally old school home economist. Like she would, you know, she will find the deal to this day. Like I remember for Christmas, she would, she would make us do all the research. So we couldn't just create a Christmas list. She would give us all the flyers and teach us to look for the lowest possible price. Awesome. And um, I got to say to this day, it doesn't matter how much money I make. I do love a really good deal. <laughs> and I, I don't like to buy things just because they're on sale. But if it's something I need and I can get it, get a deal on it, I'm all over it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you brought up that point that you don't buy it just because of on, it's on sale because I've seen, you've heard of the show Extreme Couponing. I don't know if it's on anymore, but um, I noticed there, of course, the show was about showing people that were extreme couponers and could save a lot. But what I saw was that they were buying so much of whether bar soap or whatever the case may be. And then they were stocking and it, Sometimes I thought it was just a little, little much because sometimes I think it was just the, it was the thrill of being able to save so much yet you have all that. Yeah, and I mean, and toilet I, paper and whatever it may be. Yeah, and I, I gotta admit, I, I think I watched every episode because I was absolutely fascinated by it, and I did find myself kind of like, hmm, can I do that? I'm like. <laughs> No, you know what, Maggie? Toilet paper goes on sale like every six weeks. Relax. <laughs> you don't need to have like 24, 24 rolls of 24 in your basement stored away. We don't have room for that. And that's just, there's no need for that. I, I hear you. I hear you. So tell me, what is the best money advice you've ever received? Because I know Honestly, you about- probably the best money money advice I've ever, ever received was from one of my old um, employers. And he knew, like, we both came from the similar background, which, you know, it was comfortable, we weren't impoverished or anything. But we definitely, um, we worked really, really hard. And he I remember him just saying to me, like, just don't, don't worry about it, Maggie, you've got this, you've got lots of skills and training, you will always land on your feet. And so whenever I extend to get that panic, and I think we all get that moment where you're like, mm-hmm. especially when you're self employed, you're like, <gasps> I always kind of just replay that in my voice and I'm like his voice in my head and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, you've got this because I mean, what's the worst case scenario? I can always get a job somewhere. I may not be the job I want, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I've been self-employed for 10 years and it's yet to happen. So I think I, I feel pretty secure. And when I don't, his voice kicks into my head. That's awesome. Cause you touched about a little about mindset and, uh, cause it's really 
Because if you didn't have that voice coming in your head, uh, you could have some other voices of, oh, this is terrible. Maybe I should get that job or whatever the case may be. So it's all about what you're putting in your mind and, you know, just the mindset that you have around money. So I think that's great. I think that was good advice or a good thing that he said to you. I think so. And, you know, I think money mindset is one of those things until you kind of delve into it, you think, oh, it's just fluffy. But I know for me, like the second I start to feel that anxiety, you know, there's certain things I can kind of do to anchor myself, starting with just looking at the numbers, what's really happening in my bank account, business or personal, knowing where we are, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Maggie, relax. You're fine. (laughs) I love it. I love that you catch yourself and then you take a look and and see where you're at instead of freaking out and without doing anything. So that's wonderful. And what would you say you do well with money? I would say the one thing I know we do really, really well with money is been saving for retirement and saving for my son's education. Um, Wonderful. You know, I I think that that's been one area we've been really, really disciplined about because Mm -hmm. I don't have a pension. My husband does. So Mm. putting money away for later so that we can live how we want to live and making sure that, you know, if he wants to spend six years in post-secondary education, it's doable. Um, It's not something that's going to cripple our family because we're... Because the age we're at, we're going to face this situation I think a lot of people are going to face where our child's going to be going to college Mm -hmm. and we're probably going to have elderly parents. And oh, guess what? We're going to be right around retirement age for like, you know, a nice retirement in your 50s. So a lot of things are going to converge at once. So really being aware of that and um, ensuring it's all financially viable, I think that's really, really important to us. At the same time, we're not going to save to the point where um, we're not having fun today. You know, we do make sure we have vacations and we're able to do what we want to do with the house and things like that. Um, Because, you know, if one of us drops dead tomorrow, I don't want to be like, oh, we never went on that trip. Right. Life is too short. It is. And I'm glad you have that balance of enjoying life and and doing what you need to do and saving. And I love that you, you're saving for your child's education. Uh, and I know a lot of people feel like they can't yeah. um, because they're so worried about whether retirement or other things, the debt they have or just making end, ends meet. But sometimes um, just starting out early, even if it's $10 or $20 a month that you can put away, uh, for your child's education, the time factor is going to help you instead of waiting till five years yeah, before. I, they I go think to that's college. such a good point because you know we started really small, and as he's gotten older, we've and you know our financial situation has changed. You know we've increased the amount we're saving for him. Mm-hmm. So um, I think creating that habit from the time he was born has been a really, really powerful, positive habit for us. Which down the road is going to make things a little bit easier. Oh, absolutely. And of course, and I love that you mentioned that from since he was born, because that's something that we started doing. And granted, uh, they don't know that we're saving for uh, their college education, because our thought process is once they get to uh, applying for colleges, uh, we want to make them work to look for those scholarships and then do and from there and say, hey, okay, you've got this. And guess what? We've got this yeah. for you. Uh, so I'm hoping we can keep that a secret. So I'm going to block them from uh, listening to, to this podcast. <laughs> Not that they're going to search for it anyways, but <laughs> just in case. But I love that, um, that you're doing that. That's beautiful. Because that's something for us that I know we're really proud of that we started so early uh, f- uh, with that. And what would you say are your challenges that you have around money? <sighs> this is a big one. <laughs> <laughs> We all have challenges. I, yeah, I think 
for me, one of the big challenges we have is that um, my husband's income is extremely, extremely stable. Okay. And it's great. But my income, you know, it, it there's definitely peaks and valleys. So mm-hmm. trying to even that all out. So there, this, there's a really, you know, equilibrium month after month and making sure that just because I had a really, really good month that... I don't go crazy and make a big investment for the business when I know the next month, you know, things might not be as lush. So kind of always balancing that out. And I think the other part is too, um, I tend to be very um, single-minded about things. So when I decide I want something, Mm -hmm. I want it when I want it. And I think that learning that sometimes financially it's not the best time has been a real challenge for me because I feel like, hey, I'm making good money. I should be able to do X. And it's like, well, that's a little crazy. That's going to leave you cash strapped. And then you just create a situation which, you know, we've had debt. We've made stupid purchases. We've done all those things. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do those th- those things anymore. Gotcha. And so how do you, knowing that you're aware of that about yourself, how do you work around that when you have, when you're in that moment of thinking, oh, you know what? I want to make this investment um, for my business or, or buy this from a business because it would be really good. So how do you work around that? Okay, so number one from a business perspective mm-hmm. is there's you don't use PayPal after a certain time at night because <laughs> things that seem like a really good idea at 11 p.m. are not a good idea in the morning a lot of times. You know, that impulse right. purchase, mm-hmm. another course, another program. I mean, I've been there. I got the T-shirt. I took all the things. <laughs> there's a certain point at which you have so much information and you can't apply it. Right. And then just understanding, like, I kind of play a game with myself. I'm like, okay, so you want X whatever that is, maybe it's I want to get a new car, you know, I really break that down. How can I make that happen in the fastest way possible? Okay. And I'm always like, the second I get, make a game of something, I'm, I'm all over it. I will, <laughs> I will die trying to achieve it. I love that. I love that energy. And are you, um, I know your uh, husband has a stable income, you work from home. Um, have your own business. Are you the money manager in the home or does he do it? Is it? uh, I'm in charge. You're in charge. (laughs) Yeah. He actually, when we first got together and moved in and probably the first few years. um... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal. I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. He was in charge, but soon as I became Mm self-employed, it's, there's so many nuances and intricacies of what's going on money wise. Mm-hmm. There's no way he needs to, you know, have his brain in that. It's going to take longer for me to explain it than to just pay the bills. So gotcha. I'm, uh, I'm the one in charge of all the money. Okay. And what does he have any, um, any of, or, or you just take care of it and that's it or talk, oh, tell me a little of the dynamics about that. Yeah. So, I mean, the way we kind of set it up is he pays, things like the mortgage, I pay, you know, other, you know, we each pay our car payments, we pay different things. And um, anything kind of in the middle of pool or big expenses or anything else, you know, we might figure out who okay, like we just we just had to buy like $3,000 $3,000 of lumber for the new deck. So we're like, okay. okay, well, who's paying for this? And where's it coming from? And, you know, we always have those discussions that kind of, you know, every few weeks about where are we? Um, sometimes I'll say, you know what, we're a little like, it's a little tighter right now. So let's hold off on doing X, Y, or Z. And like, just okay. trying to be really mindful and letting him know that there's not just an endless bucket of cash sitting there waiting for us. 
Right, right. Okay, so that's that's awesome that you had that communication. Good, good. Yeah, that to be honest, that took a long time to get to. I used to oh, get really um, believe me, I understand. <laughs> I used to get really agitated about it. Like I always felt like I had to justify things, and he's like the most mellow, kind, thoughtful person. Oh. And finally, I was like, I'm sorry that I get really bitchy when we talk about money. I clearly <laughs> have issues here. <laughs> No, I hear you. It, it, it takes a while. And uh, especially if uh, I know, I know my husband and I, we've been married about, well, 15 years this a month. And um, we had the money conversation somewhat. I can't say the money conversation before we got married, but he knew I was with money. And, um, and so we had a little bit of that conversation. But even then, early on in our marriage, there were still some hiccups. There were still, if there wasn't that clear communication, uh, it, 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 it definitely caused uh, some stress. <laughs> in, you know, it's the- kind of funny though. If you look at over the course of your marriage, I don't know if you do this, but like how things changed. So like oh, when yes. we got together, I was like, I always tell him, I, you must've really loved me. I was a super bad bat. <laughs> I wasn't making a lot of money. I had tons of student loans. I had a really crappy car. Like I had like no financial assets and now like, you know, I've more than made up for it, but mm. it's funny how you kind of go through these cycles where, um, one of you is making more money or mm-hmm. has more, you know, is more of a liability. Like any man who married me with those student loans deserves a golden medal. <laughs> You're funny. You're funny. And what would you say is the best money you've spent? Oh, you know, this is such a basic thing, but um, when I ha- first started my business and, uh, you know, I had at that time a one-year-old at home was childcare. Okay. Like it was just such a good, solid investment that, you know, every single time I paid um, our neighbor, it, it came back to me tenfold. And I think that a lot of times when you are trying to balance starting a business and having a kid at home, you try to do everything all on your own. And it's just the worst idea. That little bit of financial investment, even if it's a little stretch mm-hmm. or requires you to get creative, is so, I, I think that that is the foundation of why I was able to create a successful business the way I was. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And how, how do you like paying cash check or credit? What is your, I'm a cat. I'm a cash kind of girl. Are you? Are you? Yeah. I mean, I've been known to go to the ATM and take out large sums of money just because I want to, (laughs) I want to make sure it's actually there. And, you know, we use, um, we pay by a lot of things by debit. So essentially cash because, I like to know that it's a real tangible. That said, um, you know, I have a, I'm in an intimate relationship with Amazon and my credit card. So, <laughs> oh, Amazon, yeah, I can, yeah, we won't go there right now. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, I would say, a, a red flag area for me. Oh, <laughs> yes, it's so easy, especially with the one click. Oh, I know, option. and, and like, it'll be at your house in less than 48 hours. Like, I bought a croquet set on Amazon. Like, who does that? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. And I would you say you're a saver or, or a spender? I go through cycles. Okay. Um, sometimes I'm very much spent. I'm very spending and other times I'm a saver. And I think where I've kind of arrived in the last couple of years is now that I've kind of worked through some of my money, my money stuff, I, I definitely there's way more of a balance. Good. I Good. would definitely go through cycles where I'd be like, we can't spend any money. And for six months, I'd be so tight. And then, you know, I kind of start to loosen and I'd be like a kid in a candy store. I'd be like, oh, now, now I'm going to start spending again. So <laughs> I think just 
Essentials. Um, Got it. Yeah. I don't need to be pampered all the time, but I definitely don't need to be deprived all the time either. Right. Just finding a good balance time. for sure. Yeah. It, it took a long time to get there. Oh, I believe I, I, I understand that. Cause I started off like when we were married, very, very frugal, always saving. And then I, and then he's, he was the opposite that he liked to spend. He liked to enjoy life and he really balanced me where, okay, yes, we can definitely save, but let's enjoy the money because <laughs> yeah, we're not exactly. going to be here forever. So what's that and all that money going to do any, I mean, I guess the family, you know, the family, but, uh, that's, yeah, I've, I think now I'm, uh, definitely more balanced. And what would you say is your proudest money moment? Oh my gosh. The day I paid off those flipping student loans. <laughs> I I literally like cried tears of joy because I thought I was never, ever going to get them paid off (laughs) Mm. because it's like in our case in Canada, it's like a 10 year sentence and I paid them off early and I was like, oh my gosh, because I really was like, how am I going to be like almost pushing 40 and still have student loans? I was, I was bound and determined to get those suckers paid off. Congratulations. Congratulations. And please note, I didn't have nearly as much debt as my American friends. (laughs) Our school is just not as expensive, but it was a lot for Canada. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. I understand. Well, that's it's congratulations because that is that is a big feat. That is a big feat. And what would you say is your the worst purchase you've made or the worst money you've spent? Honestly, it goes it's stuff in my business. I think um, purchase was where I purchased services or programs and I literally late night impulse purchase. Mm-hmm. Worst purchases ever. Like just, I might as well just taken the money and thrown it on the table and set it on fire. Like just not, and a lot of that came down to me not really thinking, well, why do you want this? You know, what's behind this? Right. Uh, or, or just doing my homework on, is this person the right person? Like, mm. you know, impulse purchases in my business have definitely been bad scene. <laughs> right. I've, I've made some of those too, especially because those urgencies really for me that also helped um for me to make that purchase the urgency oh it's only it's that deal you know you can have it now for x amount of money and then if not it's gonna be gone yeah <laughs> and like, you know oh, no <laughs> and this is the worst part of this john is that i mean persuasion tactics um digital psychology like this is what i do and mm. i still like i literally will be sucked in i'm like i know exactly what they're doing to me <laughs> right I'm so conscious of it. I'm like, oh, this is uh, this type of tactic. Like, I'm literally thinking that one half, my other half is going, my lizard brain is saying, oh, don't worry about it. Just buy it. <laughs> I hear you. I've been there. I've been there. And who would you say influenced you most in the area of money? My husband's parents. Okay. I'm... You know, they are very, very responsible money managers. Okay. And I see for both my husband and his brother, like, how how solid they are with money. So knowing, I, I think knowing that there is a way to create a balance between enjoying your life and saving. I think I really watching them and now they're in the retirement and I see how that's played out mm-hmm. definitely inspires me. Okay. Okay. Love it. And I know, as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and just taking control of it. And how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Because money can make or break you. True. True. Money can really, truly, you know, money is not happiness, but 
life is a whole lot easier when you are financially provided for. Very true. Very true. Well, that is it for today. Thank you so much for being here, Maggie. Tell us where is the best place for people to find you and learn more about you. So the best place to find me is always over at maggiepatterson.com. And if you are a podcast listener, you can find me on iTunes as the Marketing Moxie Show. And Moxie is M-O-X-I-E. And that's truly the best two places to find me because if I'm not writing something in my blog, I'm probably podcasting. Awesome. And I will definitely have links uh, to that in the show notes. Uh, so be sure to look for that. And again, uh, thanks so much, Maggie. It's been such a uh, pleasure in getting to know you today. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Jen. No problem. I have to say, I've really been blessed with the caliber of guests that I've been getting. And Maggie was just a firecracker of, of energy, right? I absolutely loved all the energy that she had. Today, I wanted really quickly to read a nice review that we got on iTunes. And it is a five-star review, which is beautiful. And it reads awesome content. It comes from Carly Pop. And she writes, so glad I found this podcast. I need all the help I can get when it comes to finance. And Jen does an amazing job talking about it in a way that I can understand. She's really fun to listen to as well. Can't wait for more episodes. Thank you so much, Carly, for those beautiful words, for those kind words. I appreciate you and appreciate you tuning in uh, to the podcast. Now, let's go back to today's interview. Maggie talks about being able to reach that balance of saving versus enjoying life because she had mentioned about how she would be saving and it's kind of like you go save, save and not really enjoy life and then, then you just splurge, go on a binge of spending versus a binge of eating, right? Uh, so I want you, I want to challenge you today and just to check in with yourself and look at where you're at with this. Uh, do you find yourself consistently saving and really not enjoying, like basically you're saving to the core and there's no if and so, uh, if, ands, or buts about spending on whether a coffee at Starbucks or whatever the case may be, but then maybe you find yourself uh, binge spending, right? Or maybe you're spending more than saving. What does your specific scenario look like? And what can you do in your specific situation to reach that balance? What do you need to change to make it more of a balance versus one end being more top heavy than the other? Because really finding that balance will definitely help you live a more happier and fulfilling life. So I challenge you to check in with yourself. Doesn't take that long because you will know the answer right away, right? <laughs> you will know as soon as I ask that question. You probably already know the answer, but the the matter is, the, the important part is besides knowing where you're at is knowing what you can do and also t taking a little bit further, actually taking that action to make that happen. Okay, so let's go ahead and wrap it up for today. I want to thank Maggie again for joining us and sharing her money story and insights with us today. I also want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to tune into this show. 
Be sure to uh, go ahead and check out the show notes. It's just a brief summary of what we talked about today um, at jenhemphill.com forward slash 11. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 11 to just refer to everything you need from the show. And that also includes links that we talked about and so forth. Also, don't forget to claim your free gift that I have for you. And if you don't even know about it yet, uh, maybe just the first time you're listening to the show, it's I'm giving away the Jumpstart Your Money Mini Guide, which gives you a simple, non-overwhelming place to start your budget, which you can also find at the, on the, the show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 11 or with under any of the other podcast episodes show notes as well. That is only available to my podcast listeners like you. So if you haven't claimed it, if you haven't grabbed it, I would definitely uh, grab it. I've had great feedback on it because if you are overwhelmed to even look or start a budget, this is the first step. This is the first step to take you uh to help you start that budget without that overwhelm. All right. So thanks again for listening and we will talk again next Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast all about making your money management simple and practical. For being a VIP listener, I have a special free gift for you. It arises from a question I get most often, which comes down to feeling lost and having no idea where to start. That's why I created this Jumpstart Your Money mini guide to help busy women like you finally start with a clean slate and take the action you need with your budget without the overwhelm. You can find it at the end of each episode at jenhempill.com forward slash 